Hello and welcome back to the For Foot's Sake podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Bristow, and on today's pod, we're going to go over headliners team two, look at some team of the week predictions, and finally, we're going to go over our team of the year selections and what we want to see from the team of the year promo. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. On today's pod, we've got two returning guests, and we have one new guest. First returning guest is Mark, for Trader Mark. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, Max. Second returning guest, we have Jose and Chiu. Jose, welcome back. Happy to be here with my mic on and ready to go. And our new guest on the pod today is Mr. Greg Hartley himself. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you having me on, boys. So, Greg, as we do with all our first-time guests, we kind of get their first delves into uh, into FIFA and also into content creation. So, in your own words, Greg, how do you get into FIFA and content creation? Um, I think, obviously, the love of soccer and football. Um, it was it was just natural progression in, into playing FIFA. I mean, as a kid, we always played, you know, the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. So FIFA was always the first game we were going to buy. Um, so it was always it was always going to be something that I was going to play. Uh, with content creation, it started with the PS4. Um, PlayStation and Sony were really pushing about this new streaming platform, Twitch, or the fact that you could stream from the console. So I was quite intrigued. And the fact that I was intrigued and I was able to do it, I thought, let's give it a go because it looked like something something different and something I never tried. So that's why I got into content creation. And, you know, I'm still trying to do it four or five years later. So for you, did you know anyone personally that kind of streamed before you started or not? Uh, not really, no. Um, that's what, it was all new to me when the PlayStation 4 first came out. I didn't know what streaming was. Obviously, YouTube, you got your content creation on there, but I never really knew about the gaming side of content creation. So that's why, I was, like I said, I was really intrigued, started watching Battlefield 4 streamers, uh, and that's where, it, that's where it, you know, carried on from. Yeah, that sounds good. As I said, it's a lot of people who have started streaming kind of recently. I know there's not many guys, honestly, that I watch I've been around for a long time. I said, for me, when I first came on Twitch, I think, Greg, you were definitely one of the first guys I kind of stumbled upon. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of them, I think, and more and more people want to get into it. And I think, kind of, I said, streaming is not an easy thing. People think, like I said, you just turn a webcam and you go from there, really. But like I said, you've been, you've been going for a long time. And I think that's kind of credit to you for, for sticking it for so long. I think definitely it's one of those things that people have a go, they might not like. And I think to, keep going for that long is, is definitely kind of, it's not easy. I said, you, you'll know from it as well. There is definitely ups and downs through, through streaming. And like I said, it's definitely one of those things that being in front of the camera is might seem easy, but to some, it definitely is uh, can take its toll. Yeah, it definitely can. But boys, we're going to get straight into the first topic here. We're going to go over the headliners team two. And first of all, my opinion, I think team two looks great. Definitely, I think has a few more better cards than the first team. Although, like I said, I think EA are trying to kind of slow the curve down as far as the uh, bringing out too many good players early on, especially with Team of the Year coming out, which I, I'm not entirely sure when it's going to be out. I've heard a few people say it's going to be out on the 18th, a few on the 25th. So uh, it remains to be seen, but hopefully within, within the next week or so. We're going to start with you, Mark. Mark, what have you made of the uh, Headliners Team 2 here? Uh, I think the Team 2 is a better selection than Team 1. I think there's a couple more sort of meta cards, if you want to say, in this team. So I think overall the selection of players is good. It's a good variety of players, some that we've not really seen much of before. Um, For instance, Danny Ings. 
But overall, I think the promo's been a success for a year. Um, the only thing that I could probably pick up on and ask for improvement is the SBC side of things and especially the objectives because we've only had one objective so far. The SBCs we have had um, in the Mares and the Milinkovic-Savic have been good. They've been fairly priced. But I think could we have had maybe one more, two more SBCs and at least another objective. Yeah, no, I think I definitely agree with that. I think the fact that I think the team, like I said, it, the team is better, but I just think the the additional content really wasn't there as far as like I said, SPCs and also the fact that the only objective card they released was that Kunya card. I think it's a great card, Kunya. I don't think I'll see many teams. I did come across him once this weekend and he did well against me, but I think there would have been nice to have at least kind of two objective players there, potentially one also in squad battles like they have done previously. I remember from last year they had, um, especially during Future Stars, they had a Division Rivals card. And also a squad battles card, which was obviously a lot easier to attain, but maybe wasn't as good as the uh, Division Rivals one. We'll move on to you, Jose. Jose, what have you made of Team 2 here? Uh, Team 2 looks really good. Honestly, I'm looking at it right now, and I think it's really easy to point out Human Sign and Hernandez as two cards that would fit in most people's teams or would at least be the best in their position. Um, but I'm starting to look at this Chucky Lozano, and he actually looks insane himself especially already being at 99 pace, um, any other upgrade would just massively boost his other stats. I, I'm i starting to really like that card. I think any of those three would easily fit into my team. And I uh, would second the sentiment of, you know, less being done at objectives. Um, and I think that's one area for improvement. But compared to last year, I feel much more compelled to uh, try to pack one of these headliners um and, and i just i just like it a lot i i like how many promos we've had in fifa um if anything this year because it just gives us more to grind and i think for the first time in a long time i'm behind on the grind you know the milestone section for example um any day where there's a slow content day i know i've got time to catch up and it, it feels good to have something to look forward to in that manner yeah especially often, i know obviously today obviously monday we didn't have any uh, kind of new content released in the game. And I think people, again, people log on at six, don't see content and they complain. But like, like I said, there is loads of stuff to grind on FIFA. I know the, the golden goal side of Icon Swaps has made the kind of Icon Swaps grind uh, a lot quicker. I know obviously there is the squad battles to grind through as well. But like I said, there is still a lot of other milestone stuff to get through. I think you'll be pushed to find people who have gone ahead and done every single milestone player, or, like Eredivisie, the championship, and also the MLS. So there always is stuff to do on FIFA. It's just whether people actually want to play the game for content or want to do SPCs and kind of menu stuff to uh, collect content. We'll move on to you, Greg. I know, Greg, we uh, we share a, a love of a an SPC player that's released during Headliners promo. What have you kind of made of the uh, Headliners promo team too? Um, I think we've discussed it. But it's much better than uh, team one. Obviously, you've got the likes of Hernandez, Son, Lozano, um, they're all usable cards, and I think that's what the community want. They want these usual uh, usual cards. So it's just uh, hopefully we'll see a couple of the teams, AC Milan, um, you know, Tottenham's going on, you know, that that, that four game win streak to get the get the players boosted. But I've enjoyed it. I just wish there was a few more SBCs and a few more objective players because I think people are enjoying the grind for these players. And if you're going to put start putting usable cards into these objectives that people can use, and they're going to fit into majority of people's teams. Uh, I think people will be praising it a lot more than 
you know, we are doing now, even though we are praising it quite highly. Yeah, and obviously I know, Greg, the, the guy I did touch on there was Riyad Mahrez. Greg, uh, yeah. how did you find Mahrez this weekend? Uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, he added a different, uh, something different to my game. Um, with I obviously had Alison Drini on the right. Um, I just, I just like my five-star skillers. Um, I was really up in the air whether to do Mahrez. I was like, oh, well, if I if I bring him in, I, I just don't think he's got that pace to be a winger because I do like my fast wingers, my five star skillers cutting inside. So I changed it around and put Neymar up top and brought um, Mahrez into the the middle cam, the number ten, and the it's the one of the best changes I've made. Putting Neymar up top, he's just he's an unbelievable finisher in and around the box. He's he's just so fast on his feet and he's so agile. He's just uh, he's just a next game player, and I feel now. Been playing him out on the wing and out on the left uh, left cam. I just feel like I've I've, I've not done him justice because he, he he's just he's just phenomenal in front of goal and the partnership with with um, with Mares it's it's incredible. So did you who were you running at strike before Neymar then? So I was had I've had Mbappe, um, but now on the wings I've got Mbappe and uh, uh, Champions League Rashford. So I've just kept the pure pace, also the five star skillers. Um, but I feel because they're that they're a little bit stronger, stronger they can go up the you know the, the you know the Mendes, the the Hernandez of, of the you know left backs and also the the stronger right backs. So having them on the wings, it's uh, helped me a little bit, especially going at them uh, stronger, stronger wing backs. Yeah, no, I think as I said, for me, uh, we did manage to hit elite three for the for the second time this year, and I think Mares was a big part of that. What I don't think you've touched on, Greg, is the fact that he's got the, the finesse shot trait. And yeah. definitely, I think Mares, if you look at the card's face stats, you look at it and you think, well, pace isn't that high. I think it's 86. You've got the shooting, which is about an 83, an 84. And you look at the card and you don't think, ah, well, he doesn't stand out as being top, top tier. I mean, for 200K, there's a, a lot more expensive cards out there, a lot better cards that you could have in maybe in a cam position or a ram or lamb. Um, mm-hmm. And it's definitely one of them, I think, he does perform better in game and for me definitely showed that I think I scored uh, probably at least five goals from outside the box where I definitely haven't scored goals like that before of any other player this year and I don't know whether it's because I know that Mahrez kind of has the ability to do that but I think as well that he just has that something different about him and I think what, one thing that was interesting that I found out was that he's got a unique body type and I, I was adamant there was only like lean medium and stocky as far as body type goes but I actually found out there was a his unique body type that only I wouldn't say a handful of players have I think there was a, I looked on football and there was a quite a decent amount of players who had that unique body type but I think I don't know whether that adds something different to him but definitely he has a dribble similar to Neymar uh, at least yeah. when he is on the ball and like I said the five star skillers are, are great this year and I definitely think I wouldn't say it's a meta I think last year five star weak foot was the the big thing everyone kind of pushed towards them I don't know whether this year five-star skiller is the thing, but because there's a lot of guys out there, say, who don't use the skills. Um, mm-hmm. So it's one of them, really. But we're going to move on to kind of headliners as a whole. Guys, have you have you liked headliners? We'll start with you, Jose, this time. Headliners, I know it's been earlier. Have you liked it as a whole this year? I, I actually have liked it. I've been very public in saying that I was never a fan of the headliners promo. Um, I didn't really partake in it last year. I was taking a break after team of the year and I didn't really find a point in it, but the players that they've released um, really, I find easy to slot in many teams and I've been playing FIFA more in a way to have fun and feel pleasure myself. And part of that includes using players I want to use. And um, there are a lot of players here that I could see myself using for a weekend league or two. 
I, I do see the areas for opportunity, like maybe utilizing the milestones section for some sort of grindable headliners pack or headliners player. Uh, and I think that's something that EA is still growing into, but I think it's an improvement on last year and it's an improvement in the formula that we've already had for quite a few seasons or years now. And uh, I like it. Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting that they brought it in early. I know they do have the the full win streak only being domestic, but also the fact that they brought it out early gives them kind of more chance and kind of, like I said, we'll go move on to Mark here. Mark, as far as like, I know these cards can be great to trade with. You got, you had a, I think Mkhitaryan was on a two game win streak. I don't believe his price kind of fluctuated too much. But are any of these cards here kind of catching your eye? Like what have you made as the, the promo as a whole? Well, that's the thing as well, the dynamic and live cards. So even if, for instance, Danny Ings might not get the four win wins with Southampton for a while, but if he's scoring goals and getting informed that card's upgrading as well, sort of like the ones to watch card does as well. I think the four game win streak wants to get that. The headliner card then stays two informs ahead of the previous performance based card. So you look at the likes of Theo Hernandez, Human Son, the meta cards in this team. If Tottenham or AC Milan, who are both having good seasons in real life, then go on and win four games, their cards are going to get upgraded again. And you can trade with them um, that way when they're on a hot spree. But also for yourself and Greg, who've got Mares, you, you mentioned his pace isn't the greatest. But you know, if Manchester City then go on and win four games in a row, which they're very capable of doing, they might do it in the next four games. That Mares card will then get upgraded and Maris is a player who also has the ability to come score a lot of goals and get a lot more informs so you know you could, in a few weeks time that card could be an 88 89 rated card yeah easy I think it's one of these premises as well is you're not always you're not paying the price for the card as it is right now I think I don't believe Maris is worth 200k right now but definitely with a with a few more informs, I think he definitely is that. We'll move on to you, Greg. I know you've touched on Teo Hernandez as well. Are there any guys from this promo that you think will get into your team at some point or not? Um, I, I've I've always had a love hate relationship with Son. Um, I've I've never liked his base card when he first came out. I just felt it was it was it was just too clunky, and I expected him to be like a Neymar with the dribbling and him being a a smaller player. Um, I wouldn't mind trying that that son. I think it'd be a great card, especially on the wing guard with a he's got a five star weak foot. Maybe even play him up top. And but he's about on price range right now. I think he's like two one point two four million right now. Um, we all know Tottenham are capable of having a full you know a full game win streak. So you know he he's one of them cards that potentially will get the upgrade. Yeah, no, I think I think definitely there is there are some good cards here. I like I touched on earlier that the power curve is being kind of slowed down by EA as far as. You look at this, you've got probably a son, Hernandez. It's, it's crazy that a left-back is considered probably one of the top five players within within a promo. I, li I like the fact they brought in like a, a Toko Akambi, a Danny Ings, a Rafinha, kind of cards that you, you might not see too many meant too many teams, but also you've got to think about the guys who might have got, uh, EA, got not EA, got FIFA for Christmas. And they're kind of building these start teams. And they're, they're guys that they could have in their team, but I definitely don't think there is going to be teams with these like cheaper guys in them especially now anyway we are going to move on to the next topic here we're going to go over our experiences so far with fifa i know a lot of the community do not like the game and I, I do get that but i think there is obviously there is always kind of pros and cons to to every game 
We'll start with you, Jose, as far as your, your experience so far in this game. What have, what have you thought of the game so far? Uh, I've actually enjoyed it uh, more than FIFA 20. Uh, and before FIFA 20, I did not play uh, the full cycle of FIFA games. I started in FIFA 16, got it at Christmas, like you just mentioned a lot of people do every year. And I never really found a reason to stick around. And obviously content creation has been a part of that. But the amount of content that we've received is a big improvement what we've had in the past and the addition of the friendly section where we can grind players and actually grind for worthwhile achievements like the ultimate packs in friendlies squad battles and rivals um there's always something to do and i don't think we could say that for any other year in fifa besides back in the day grinding seasons um which can get tiring so i've enjoyed it and i think another part is i've adjusted my expectations for myself and what to expect of the game. And I, I think it's been a big talk in the community that um, a lot of us expect ourselves to be elite players when we're just not. And when we don't reach those expectations, those lofty ex expectations we set for ourselves, we leave disappointed. Even if we've outperformed our usual um, skill level in foot champs, for example. So I've, I've, become very happy in reaching gold three every week and i do that by ha while having fun and then if i'm not having fun i'll stop and if i'm still having fun i'll give it a shot try to go further but understanding that i enjoy the grind and i enjoy the packs more than any notoriety from finishing elite um, has allowed me to have more fun and be more free in what i do with the game and i think it's been a solid addition to the FIFA lineup. Yeah, I think like I said it's you do. I think it is sometimes tough to find people who actually enjoy the game. And I think it always comes to why people play the game. You, I know there's a lot of guys who are, let's say, competitive players, guys who do get the elite twos, the elite ones, and they they do expect the game and want the game to be perfect. And I get that. I do. I mean, if if you fully want to work towards, I wouldn't say E or FIFA being your full time job, but if you do want to push towards that, you obviously want the best in your opinion so it is coming can be tough sometimes i know expectations do need to kind of be adjusted as things go we'll move on to you greg this time greg what have you uh, what have you made of fifa so far this year i've really enjoyed this fifa and uh, just the fact it, it feels like a football game i mean the game's always going to have these things that we all we, you know we, we don't feels right but it's it's a it's a video game it's not always gonna be perfect but going back to fifa 2019 for me they weren't they weren't a football game it was more of a circus uh, especially in fifa 19 when it was the el tornado flick up back post you know to ibrahimovic or Ronaldo. when it's a goal for me that's just that I, I just didn't enjoy the game and people were like well why don't you start doing what they're doing i was like well i i don't want to play that way i just feel it's not cheating but i just didn't i I just didn't feel right doing that. I wanted to play the way I want to play, keep the ball on the ground, possession. And the fact that I didn't move towards that meta style that everybody was using, I was losing a lot more games that I would normally do before that meta was, you know, figured out. Uh, so yeah, this this, this year, um, it's had its ups and downs with things that obviously need to be changed in patches and stuff. But I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the content they've um, they've bring, been bringing out and. Um, you know, ho hopefully Team of the Year is going to be another another great promo, which it always is. And then I just can't wait to see what uh, Team of the Season is uh, going to be like as well. Yeah, I think definitely 
looking forward to it. Like again, Team of the Year is a great promo. I think a lot of the cards are people are people's price ranges, especially early on. But obviously going forward, it kind of you know what the top tier cards are. They're there to kind of grind towards. Touching back on that as well, as far as the the meta and stuff goes as well. I think like I know there is there is obviously certain things this year that are classes and meta. You do have the the new bridge dribble, the the through ball. And I think there always is metas every single year. Obviously going back to FIFA nineteen, definitely there was a like I said, a circus kind of arcadey feel to it with your alternator cross back post. And I, I can definitely agree with there. I hate FIFA 19 because of that reason solely. And uh, I think they are slowly getting towards a, I would say a better game. I think people do love to, I would say being reminiscent of the past, but people love to say, well, FIFA 12, FIFA 13 was great. But I think people aren't, people weren't playing those games as much back then. And you always look back at old FIFAs and, Usually with kind of good opinions of it, but I think it's tough now. I've said the community is so divided and uh, I think it's very, I wouldn't say very hard to find, but there's kind of few people who I think would say they truly, truly enjoy the game this year. And I know I saw your uh, your tweet yesterday, Greg, as far as gameplay and kind of being honest with yourself. Um, what, what have you tried to do this year as far as enjoying the game and not hating EA so much, would you say? I'm just holding myself accountable. Um, I think that's, that's a step in the right direction to, to, for anybody to enjoy the game a lot more because I feel like when I figured something out that I've done wrong and I've, I've fixed it in a way, or I've, I've, I've worked on getting better at a certain aspect of the game where I wasn't, and one of the aspects was me was closing out games, I would, I would be, you know, 3-2 up or 2-1 up where I feel like I'm in control, but I would always... You know, I would always do something stupid, like try and play it around the back and then make a stupid pass and stuff like that, where many people always thought, oh, it's EA's fault that, uh, the, the, you know, DDA and stuff like that. But I've been going back to my games, looking at them and just realizing that it's actually me. I could have made an easier pass that, you know, that I could have done and just holding myself accountable and then obviously figuring out what needs to be done and then making that change. I've been getting more enjoyment that way in the game this year than uh, I have done in previous years. And the fact that I'm enjoying it, doing that, I'm not getting as angry as the game as I used to. And I would get angry at the game a lot. But this year, I feel like I've chilled out a little bit. Yeah, I think, like I said, I don't know whether it's a people being, I would say, being mentally mature about it. There definitely is a, a lot of the, the young people who do play FIFA do, do get annoyed with it and kind of go ahead and break controllers, break monitors, stuff like that. And they blame the game. And it definitely does come down to the fact that you have to take yourself accountable. And if you do want to get better on FIFA, you can't just say that, oh, well, it's scripted in DDA. Because if you truly believe that, then surely you believe that you can't get better because EA don't want you to win. Um, and definitely, there's ways to improve for everyone. I think watching gameplay back is a, is a great way to improve. And I can definitely admit that I don't, I don't really enjoy watching my gameplay back sometimes because it does show flaws within my game. It does show that Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am when I'm playing and maybe I do repeat certain things over and over again. But like I said there is always ways to, to improve on the game and I think people like I said, people like to blame other people. People like to check out excuses there. And again, EA always seem to be the, the people that, that people blame. People can never really say, oh, well, it was my fault. Maybe I did this too much. Maybe I did that too much. And that's why I kind of put in the tweet out because I don't see many people, honestly, on Twitter or on, on Twitch or anything on social media actually saying well hang on a minute maybe i made a few mistakes here maybe it really wasn't me so maybe it wasn't ea but maybe it was me that made a few mistakes and i think that that's very honestly that's very rare and i think 
it's, uh, it's refreshing to kind of see that, that take on kind of FIFA gameplay. Uh, mm. Mark, we'll move on to you here. I know, obviously, Mark, you're primarily a trader. I know you do, you do tend to play a few games of FIFA a week. Um, what, have you, what have you made of FIFA Spa this year, Mark? Yeah, I think like the other two boys have just said, um, I've enjoyed this FIFA more than previous ones, especially at the start. I enjoyed it a lot because I had a bit more time to play, so I played it a bit more frequent. But, I mean, I've stepped back from trading this year a bit, and I think that's because of the game itself as well, because it's been more enjoyable to play. I've not just spent my time sat on menus, buying cards, selling cards. I've actually jumped into gameplay. The addition of friendlies and... The objectives being in friendlies is massive for me because you don't screw up a division rival record or you don't have to get relegated trying to do an objective. You can just play casually on a game mode, which I think with icon swaps has been enjoyable because the community is not being as toxic as it might be in weekend league, for instance. So I have enjoyed the gameplay. The milestone objectives I've enjoyed grinding towards, especially the silver one, which has just been brought out, I think, last last month or maybe the end of November. So it's, it's just something different from what we've seen in the past. Instead of, you know, getting the wins in foot champions, you have to get wins with a silver team, but it's in a silver friendly mode. So you're playing against other silver teams. So it sort of levels it as well. So, yeah, I mean, compared to FIFA 20 and especially FIFA 19, I've enjoyed it a lot more. I think I've played a lot more games this year. Probably the most I've played since FIFA 17. So I've got nothing but praise um, for EA on that on that front. Um, and obviously, people are always going to complain about content and SBCs. You know, they should bring this SBC out. This SBC should be cheaper. But yeah, overall, no complaints from my end. I think it's definitely. I wouldn't say it's strange, but it's 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 interesting that you've gone from obviously trading a lot and not playing much to maybe more playing more of the game now and you're enjoying it more through actually playing it. I think there's a lot of people this year who say, well, I've not been playing as many games I've previously. And for you to kind of have that switch the other way around, I think it's definitely interesting. Um, would you would you want there to be more milestone stuff in the game, more kind of grindable objectives? Yeah, I think the reason that that's been for me is I'm just a casual player. You know, I'm, I'm not a player who's going to hit Elite 3, Elite 2 every weekend. I'm probably a gold three player, gold two at best. So I am more of a casual game player. I'm not the greatest at playing the game. So I build a team, I trade to get a good team. And when the team's good, I can then play with it. So, yeah, I mean, the more objectives that they bring out, the more I'm going to play. That's just how I am. I'm going to then grind towards them objectives. I'm going to earn the packs. Or I like collecting the cards, which they bring out the objective cards, just to store them in my club or... Sometimes I'll look at an objective and I'll be like, well, I'll play the game, but this this card I'm just going to put into a future SBC. But ultimately, you're grinding towards something in the end, whether that be an icon SBC or something. And it just, it just kept me playing. Yeah, I think that's a, there is, it does get tough when people only want to, say, grind the menus. I think, like I said, it is a, EA is or FIFA is a game of, of football. It's a game of football. You... you log on you play fifa to play football you don't log on to sit there in the menus and i know people do love to see people doing that i know you've got guys like getting pie face like foot fg who will sit there in the menus and that's all they do on the stream and people love that you see those guys who are like the, the top of twitch and you log on and like i said the only guys that you'll see really being at the top of these kind of viewership charts are guys who are pro players but at least if you're not a pro player everyone wants to watch menus and content and it can be tough really if you see these guys doing that 
then I'm not saying you want to copy them, but you do want to be like, okay, well, Pyfix has gone ahead and done 100 player picks. I might do that instead. And it is tough. It is tough sometimes. We're going to move on to Mark's team of the week predictions here. I know Mark do like to do these every, every week. Unfortunately, I've had a quick glimpse of it. And I know we have got a leap for the second time this FIFA. And unfortunately, it also looks like a uh, pretty horrendous team of the week. I'll let you go ahead, Mark, and talk us through it. Yeah, so obviously we can't control which players are going to play well on a Saturday or Sunday. That's uh, And, you know, that's one thing that EA don't really have any control over. So team of the week doesn't look as great. And to be honest, there's not really anybody fantastic who could be in. I know people were saying Messi could get in, but honestly, I hope team of the year comes because this team of the week's not looking the greatest. We do have a Griezmann there who got two goals and an assist at the weekend. You've got the likes of a Memphis Depay, maybe a Brozovic in there, Jadon Sancho perhaps. So it's not a complete dead team of the week, but in terms of your top tier meta cards, it is lacking in them a little bit. So, yeah, not not the greatest, but there's still one or two good cards in there who, if you're getting a red pick, you you still got to be pretty happy with. Yeah, so I looked at here. Sancho, probably the biggest. Sancho agrees with there. I mean, Depay, not bad shout. Voland as well, potentially. Going over kind of lower-rated fodder. I think this could be a decent team of the week as far as trying to collect some inform fodder here. I mean, you look at like Danilo. I don't know how much he's going to be. I don't think he'll drop to like discard price, but obviously you've got a Perrin here. Could be an 84 inform. A Bakayoko as well. There's some guys here you could kind of invest in and... Uh, could be potential inform kind of fodder going forward. We are going to have a quick break now. After the break, we're going to go over our team of the year selections and what we want to see from the uh, team of the year promo. Okay, and welcome back after the break. So we're going to go over team of the year. We're going to go. We're going to start with the goalkeeper position. At least I think this one here is fairly straightforward. Uh, I don't know what the other guys are thinking here. I mean, for me personally, I'm going to go with Neuer as a key position. I know we have two goalkeepers on the podcast as well, so they might be able to tell us a bit more. We're going to go first with Jose. Jose, who are you taking in goal for Team of the Year? It's got to be Manuel Neuer. Uh, back to his best form. Um, I was worried it wasn't going to happen again. I know he had those toe injuries, I think it was, that were uh, holding him back and keeping him out of games, but he was incredible and won a trouble. Deserves it. Yeah. We'll go to the, the first goalkeeper here. We'll go to Greg. Greg, you you go with Neuer as well? Yeah, he had a, he, he had a great year. Um, you, you can't really pick anybody else. I mean, he's just he's just such the complete goalkeeper. You know, he's there sweeping up when you need him there, and he's he's just a great shot stopper. So I think he fully deserves it this year. Okay, and Mark, are you are you agreeing there? Full, clean sweep? Yeah, full, full sweep for Neuer. I, I think he's been integral to Bayern Munich's success. Pull saves off when, when they need him, so... I can't see anyone else even challenging him. Yeah. Okay. We're going to move on to the the back four. I think back four will be maybe a little bit different here. At least for me, for me personally, I'm going to say from I think my back four is going to be Trent right back, Virgil and Ramos as the. Uh, is it? Wait. Did I go with Ramos here? Let me double check this. Did I go with Ramos or not? Yeah. Virgil and Ramos, and I've gone Davies left back. Um, we'll start with you, Mark. This time, Mark. Who have you gone with your back four? 
Yeah, again, Alfonso Davies, I think, picks himself in that left-back position, the success that he's had in the past 12 months. Um, same can be said for the right-back with Alexander-Arnold. And then I think everyone's got to include Van Dijk, despite being injured for the last few months. He was still massive in Liverpool's Premier League win. And then I have gone with Sergio Ramos as the other centre-back as well. Yeah, Greg, are you anything different there for you? Oh, I no, Davis is... He's... I've not watched much of him, but when I have done um, and the praise he gets in the press and you know in the FIFA community, I think he definitely full deserve it. I'm not gonna say I'll you know I've watched him and he deserves it on my merit, but the fact that a lot of people talk about him, how, how good he's been, I think he, he deserves it. Yeah. As far as the the other positions there, Greg, are you are you agreeing there? The fullback. Uh, yeah, there's got to be Ramos, Van Dyke, and Trent Arnold for me. Yeah. And Jose, are you are you agreeing here as well, Jose, or not? I'm pretty much in agreement. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it's too difficult to choose. I think, like it's already been said, Davies is an absolute revelation, uh, and Van Dyke is absolutely world class and one of the best defenders in the world, if not the best defender in the world. Um, for my second center back, it was actually a pretty tough decision. Uh, I did end up going with Sergio Ramos. Um, I think Real Madrid did really well to get back into the title chase and actually won La Liga. Uh, and he's obviously just phenomenal. But I think we need an honorable mention for Marquinhos. Um, I actually watched quite a bit of PSG this past season, and I was impressed by how good and how versatile he actually is as a player and as a defender specifically. Um, I, I think he's going to be in a team of the year in the next two, three years. I think it's inevitable. I was really impressed by him. Um, on the right wing or right back, I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, another incredible player. I think these positions really picked themselves for the most part. Yeah, I think definitely Marquinhos is the one guy I think who had a shout there. The one person for me, honestly, if I think if David Alaba was in there, I would have probably gone him over Ramos with Van Dijk at the back. Again, purely because, again, Bayern did go on to win the Champions League. They, uh, they were so solid. And again, Alaba switching from left-back to centre-back. Played really well this year. I think Ramos, again, Ramos is a great player, but also... Team of the Year is a tough one. I know the voting, the whole thing, the kind of the unlimited votes as well. And I think the the one guy I'm seeing a lot of people put in their team is Teo Hernandez. I know we touched on him during the headliners, but again, it's one of them that I know they're open up to people, but I don't think Teo, he's, they've had a good year. They've had a good year, but like, like Greg said about Alfonso Davies, I think you'll be pushed to find many people who have actually watched Teo Hernandez out and out and out this year. And I think same said for a lot of people on Twitter, they can... They'll chuck a team of the year out there and now say like, oh, this guy deserves to be over it. But honestly, for most guys, they watch Premier League. And that's about it, really. I think the midfield, honestly, the midfield for me um, is a tough one. I want to start with Greg this time. Greg, who have you got as your midfield throw? I'm not going to say mine. I want to see first yours, Greg. Um, obviously, uh, Bruno. As a United Ooh. fan, I think he's, uh, he's coming in. <laughs> even... even even his old club, I, th I think he was doing well. But he just came in United and just changed the whole team around. You can just, there was just an aura about him and what he's doing on the pitch with the team. And I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure everybody else can see it. You might not agree with it, but definitely Bruno in there. Uh, I think Kimmich definitely deserves it. Another Bayern player who's who's come into a, you know, a CDM position and just actually ran the show. Um, and it, it, either KDB, this. Because Son's because uh, Son is a um, is a is a is a midfield this year, so is it was up in the air. There's, that last spot in midfield is a little bit open to me, so I'm going to leave that open. 
uh, and I'll just see what you guys what you guys think. Okay, okay. Not not being not fully committing there. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark, who have you gone for your midfield three? Yeah, just before I say them, I think there's two ways to this vote, and you can either vote as a football fan yeah. from the real life performances, yeah. or you can vote as a FIFA fan on cards that you'd like to see for FIFA purposes. But I'm going to go for it in real life um, decision. <laughs> and uh, again, Bruno, he's completely transformed a whole club. Um, he's not just played well, he's transformed Manchester United into a different team. Kimmich, again, been unbelievable for Bayern Munich. And I have gone with Kevin De Bruyne because I think he broke the record Premier League assists last year. So it shows how much of a good year he's had. Yeah, we'll go to you, Jose. Who, Jose, are you putting your, as your midfield three here? I feel like the midfielders might be the most controversial bunch. Um, I would have included Thomas Muller if he was in the voting, um, just like David Alaba, who's not in the voting. I'm assuming they're going to be SBCs or objectives. Um, otherwise, it really makes no sense to have two of the best players of the year not in the voting. But my first choice is really easy, Joshua Kimmich, uh, one of the best midfielders in the world. Um the best in his position. Uh, N'Golo Conte had an off year, and I think it's really no doubt that he's going to be most people's picks. Uh, the second choice I had was Kevin De Bruyne um, for exactly the reason that was just said, uh, breaking the assist record. It also won silverware. Obviously, it's a League Cup. It's not the most prestigious award ever. Uh, but he still won a trophy, and he had large moments where he carried one of the best teams in the Premier League. Now, the last one is really difficult. I, I feel like Jordan Henderson deserves at least some sort of plot it because of the accomplishment. But then again, we go back to what the team of the year is. And I think Mark did a great job bringing that up. It's the 11 best players of the year. And for as emotional as Henderson's career the last few years has been, he's not one of the three best midfielders in the world. So for me, it goes down to Bruno or Thiago. And just because I know I'll be looked at as a United hater if I don't go for it, I'm going to go with Bruno. He's absolutely phenomenal. But Thiago, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's one of them. I've seen, I've seen Hendo on a lot of people's teams. And I, not that I think Hendo's a, I think he's a, he's a good leader. He, he's integral to Liverpool's team. Obviously won the, uh, they won the PFA player. Did he, was it the PFA or the, um, one of them. He won, won an award I think it was for choice. yeah, players choice. One of them. But obviously, he had a great season. It's tough though. I think definitely agree with Kimmich here. I think Bruno, Bruno's a guaranteed over at least KDB in my opinion. I think Bruno's done a lot better than KDB. But I know it can be kind of torn because United haven't had the the best of a year. But do you go on the the best player or do you want to play because their team's done well as well? Thiago, Thiago definitely is a shout, but. It's tough for team of the year because, again, Thiago's done well for Bayern, but he hasn't done anything for Liverpool. But I know you could say about Virgil van Dijk because he's been injured for the last couple of months. So it's a tough one there as well. So I think Thiago is kind of worth an honourable mention. For me, like I said, I think the midfield three is obviously Kimmich, Bruno and KDB. But obviously, like I said, Muller. Muller definitely is a shout. And I think that was a strange one. I think there was a... Um, see, like a Renato Sanchez was a vote, possibly. And... Um, Honestly, I don't know what he's... I know Lille have been playing well. And I know he's obviously done well for Lille to be linked with the likes of Liverpool this year. But there's some players in this voting that I'm kind of scratching my head thinking, like, how the hell have they got into it? 
And I get they're trying to be, I think EA are trying to be controversial here to get more people to speak about it. And obviously with the, the unlimited votes, people are going to share this all over Twitter, all over social media. And when in true reality, it doesn't mean anything. This gets people tweeting about the, uh, the team of the year. So it's a tough one there. Um, we'll start with you, Jose, for the attackers. I think the attackers, I think there is kind of, I was, I, in my opinion, there's four that could get could take the three slots. Who are you going to go with as your three? I just laugh when I see Danny Ings and Andre Silva <laughs> next to the likes of Lewandowski. And that's no disrespect to them, but um, I, I definitely feel like this pool could have been narrowed down a little bit. Uh, my first choice is Lewandowski. Uh, absolutely incredible. Probably, maybe, his best year of his career. Treble winner. But again, we're talking about the individual players. Even individually, he was dominant in almost every single game he played. Um, so that's my first one. I'll put him at central striker. On the right, I do put Messi. A lot of people will say he had one of his worst years, but that's still one of the best in Europe. <laughs> and not to mention, he did break some records this year. Um, I think he's a shoe in And that leaves a lot of controversy with the last spot because he still have Neymar, Mbappe, Ronaldo. I, I think Neymar gets knocked out due to the injury factor. He was injured for quite a bit, as he is every year. And seeing as Ronaldo's been breaking Pele's records and Juve really had a turn in their form uh, this year, I, I had to put Ronaldo on the left. Okay, okay. Who would you go as your 12th man, though, out of these ones? Would you go for a midfielder as your 12th man, defender? Would you put Mbappe in there? I'm tempted to go with Thiago uh, based on merit. However, knowing EA and knowing the fact that Mbappe sells so many packs single-handedly. I've got to put Mbappe in there. Yeah. We'll move on to uh, Greg Desson. Greg, are you agreeing with Jose there with the uh, the front three? I think for me, I, I chose mine on a FIFA standpoint. Mbappe, Ronaldo, and um, Haaland. Haaland was... Just because, not obviously not FIFA. He, he, I think he 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 deserves to be in there. He's been phenomenal since he's burst onto the scene. But my other two, Mbappe and Ronaldo, were purely based on just because of what I use in FIFA. Uh, Ronaldo's <laughs> had a fantastic year, at, you know, at Juve. Uh, Mbappe is just Mbappe. Everybody wants Mbappe. He sells packs, like you just said. Um, I I would have, I would like to see a Neymar, of course. Are they going to put a Neymar as a tw- a twelfth man? Is he is he is he big enough for a twelve? Is he obviously he's big enough for a twelve man? But would they put a lesser card there, like a, like like people are saying Muller or you know someone who's not in the voting? Um, or I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, do a couple of SBCs and maybe objective and milestones for a, a team of the year. Maybe not a full, you know, a full um, start increase. Maybe um, a half the start increase for you know a what would you call it, a potential team of the year or. Uh, could have been a team of the year kind of card. Yep. So something different like that. But uh, yeah, the front freeze for me is if 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 it was a if it was a FIFA standpoint, I would have gone with Mbappe, Neymar, and um, and Ronaldo. But I, I picked Haaland just because um, I think he deserves to be in there. Yeah, that's a good shout. There. I think definitely. Like we, like I said, go go and have your point there. As far as somebody might not get into it, potentially like the um, the summer heat cards they released. As far as a an objective player that kind of does get boost kind of as you go and as you play with them more. And obviously they, they will release 
essentially end game cards now. Obviously, mm-hmm. only be eleven or twelve of them, but there obviously will be end card end game cards in the game now. I think Neymar is an interesting one purely because he's not got a special card yet. This FIFA, no. they're gonna have to give him one at some point. Uh, for me, I've I've gone with Lewandowski purely because I think he deserved the Ballon d'Or this year. Is he gonna need the card that everyone wants on FIFA? No. And I think Lewandowski can get as many boosts as he wants, but it just will never be a card that you're going to see in most people's teams. The other two guys, I think for me, Ronaldo and Messi as well. But I said, I get a Haaland definitely. I think it's definitely tough between these kind of front three. I think if you don't include like a, an Mbappe or a Neymar in it, definitely I think they'll be the 12th man. Definitely. But it's one of them that I think is a lot tougher to predict this year than normal. I think last year, who were the front three last year, you had, well, Ronaldo was the 12th man last year, wasn't he? So you had Mbappe, mm-hmm. Mane, and Messi with Messi. the yeah, front three last year. So I like that it's different this year. Obviously, there is a, there'll still be, still be a handful of Liverpool players in there, but I think definitely be a lot more kind of spread out than uh, compared to previous years. As far as additional, I know some of you guys have touched on as well, like additional stuff as well. Is there any potentially any flashback players stuff like that that you guys want to see? We'll start with uh, we'll start with Greg Desam. Is there anyone that you potentially has got a team league card in the past that you wouldn't mind seeing a flashback card? Um, probably just the obvious Kante. I never got to use him, and just his base card has always been great. I won't mind using a flashback um, Kante if if they brought one out, but I can't see them bringing a Kante out. But that's someone I would love to use. Um, like I said, never got to use him. Um, I think, I, did I use him? Was he in draft? I'm not sure whether they used him in a draft or not last year. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Like a Kante or just a striker because I, I was never at the budget or never packed uh, a team of the year. So I wouldn't mind uh, using using any of them, really. Yeah. Definitely, I know they brought out Flashback Marcelo last year. And yeah. I'm not, not going to lie, I was looking forward to the to a Flashback Marcelo the whole of the team of the year because I know I wasn't going to pack a team of the year. So for mm-hmm. me, it's kind of a... He would have he fit, would have fit into my team perfectly last year. So potentially they do like a I wouldn't say they hopefully screw him over like they did with Marcelo last year with a Kante. I know Marcelo had horrendous a horrendous boost. It was nothing like his previous card. So Kante might get one. Obviously not to a team the year level, but hopefully a, a decent level. Uh, Jose, is anyone that you kind of from previous years that you wouldn't mind seeing a flashback card or any other uh, additional content? Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with Greg's point. I feel like Kante is just a little too good to put as a flashback player. I could see them doing a flashback Cruz just because they've already done the Iniesta. They've already done the Modric. Um, I could even, a little left wing or, you know, far out, I could see them doing a Benucci flashback um, just because they have had quite a few interesting uh, Serie A players uh, relative to previous years, at least that I've noticed. Um, going back to Alaba and Thomas Muller, I could see them doing like a player pick option. Uh, maybe not even an SBC, but a vote between those two specifically, as opposed to a 12th man vote. Um, because they're both Bayern players, maybe because Bayern, if I remember correctly, have a deal with Pez, maybe they don't want to load it up with Bayern players. Um, I could see them doing something new, something head to head, like a team event. I feel like that's been something that they've tried, but have kind of stuttered with um, in the objective section. But I, I'd love to see something new to the formula. As wonderful as team of the year is, it's only here for a week. And I'd love it to see, I'd love to see it be a week of madness like it usually is. And I'd love to see the ante continue to be upped. I think the player pick is definitely, uh, I think it's definitely a great shot. I think, 
I know they obviously they've done with the showdown cards this year. I wouldn't a player pick would be good to the case of that you could you'd have to have one or the other. You'd have to choose between yeah. say an Alaba or a Muller. You can have both at the same time, which obviously would would get people talking. And you do have the choice in between the two. It's um, like the Iñaki Williams and the Bellarabi Rule Breakers from earlier. Yeah, so we could say that maybe I said that would be honestly a great shot, and I'd love to see that. Like I said, EA EA do bring out good concepts, but sometimes they don't do enough of them to uh, to kind of get people happy about them. Really, Mark, we'll move on to you as well, Mark. I know you've been a uh, been around the FIFA for a long time. Is there anyone that you kind of want to see brought back as a flashback? Um, there's one card which nobody's mentioned so far, and that's Frank Ribery. Um, he did get in the FIFA 14 team of the year. And I think if we got him on the left wing, it would make squad building for a Ronaldo and then Mbappe a little bit easier. So I'd quite like to see if that card came out, what it would potentially look like. Because I know back in FIFA 14, he was a 96 left left midfielder. And obviously with that right foot cutting on the inside, um, we all know the finesse shots from outside the box. He could do some damage. That's actually a great show. I think obviously five star five star rather than the rubbery. We did go. I did go ahead and get his summer heat card last year, and he was. I mean, for the I didn't use him for that long, but he was a it was a great great card. I definitely there was a. There's a lot EA can do during the promo. I think people obviously look towards getting a one of the bigger cards, and for I wouldn't say I wouldn't say ninety nine percent, but there is a pretty about ninety five percent of the community won't get one of these in a pack easily. Probably even sorry, probably even more than that five percent won't get a uh, two these cards. So. At least make it interesting for the rest of the community. I know they don't always do a promo alongside the team of the year because they try and make team of the year so big, but people are going to be going through all these packs as well. And if you don't get a team of the year, it's basically team of the year a bust. So if there is something like a SBC to maybe put your fodder into as well, maybe make some more like live cards, some interactive cards, like they have well done with these showdown cards, which would kind of make it a bit more interesting as well. Um, but like I said, team of the year, I think I would say that. Most of the community, I'll say, is torn as far as they like or not. I think if you're saving packs up, you love it. You love it. You look towards Team of the Year as the first initial phase of you play the game, save the packs up for that. And definitely is the is the biggest promo apart from Team of the Season. So it's uh, definitely one of the, the big ones. I think it is tough sometimes for some people playing after Team of the Year because I know a lot of guys do grind towards Team of the Year and then they get to that and they're like, well, I've got to wait till Team of the Season now. And it almost seems like an absolute absolute age to uh, before they get to that. We are going to touch on one more thing finally here. They EA have gone ahead and they have released a new or some new patch notes, obviously released on PC first. We we'll go through some a little bit here. From what I see here, they've um, reduced or decreased the amount of time the team press can be active for down from five seconds. They've also delayed how quickly team press can be activated as well. Um, for you guys, has team press been a big thing for you in gameplay? Like I said, for me personally, team press has been great as far as using it, but obviously it's a tough thing to be. I mean, are you what, what are your takes on? What's up with you, Greg? What are your takes on the, the team press kind of being nerfed? Um, for the way I use it, it doesn't really. It's not really. I'm not. I don't use it for a, a full team press for 20 seconds. I'm using it to actually just get my players out because it's sometimes where the the the, the the opponent I'm playing against, you know, it's just keeping it around his, you know, his his midfield or around the 
the uh, come, just coming into my um, coming into my half. And sometimes my players just feel so static. So I turn it on for a split second, have them push up slightly and turn it off because I feel if I kept on too long, I was just leaving so many gaps uh, in behind. And I was conceding goals. So I would just put it on for a couple of seconds, put it off, just get some players off. And for me, it, a bit of a nerf, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, hurt me. But I know a lot of people use it, uh, you know, intensely just because... Obviously, when they're when they're down, they're losing. Uh, but for me, no, it won't it won't bother me. I just use it for a split second to just get my players out. Yeah. Uh, well, good, Mark. Are you are you a, a big user of Team Press or not? I mean, I use it, but again, I'm a casual player, so it's not going to impact me too much because the way I use it is probably wrong <laughs> ultimately. So I'll just use it. I don't even know why I use it. It just seems to be effective, <laughs> and that, that sums up me as a player. You know. <laughs> Uh, Jose, onto you here. Are you, are you a big uh, team press guy? Yeah, I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> it's it's definitely something I use, but I'm learning to use it more tactically um, because back in the day, I would just leave it on all game and pray I don't get too tired. But as I've learned more what its purpose is, I've utilized it a bit like Greg said. Um, I, I find that my players are very... I like the word you said, static. And when there's a lot of motion going on in front of my defenders, they don't react at all. They don't move. And I'm in the process of figuring out if that's maybe my tactic. So I need to um, up the depth a little bit or something like that to make them, you know, a little more active in the game. But I use it mostly to disrupt tempo. Um, If I'm getting obliterated in possession, I'll use it to try to get the ball back and mainly just for that but it's definitely going to force me to make the most of my time before the 85th minute where i'm scrambling trying to get a goal to tie up the game yeah so the the last also they got also here is that they basically nerfed step overs which i know step overs have been a big thing i know obviously look at the likes of anders and people of that who use that a lot so it's basically i think step overs against and for me, I don't think I use them too much. Um, but we'll get through the rest of them here quickly. I know also said here, the goalkeeper gets stuck in the net, which is pretty, pretty self-explanatory there. Um, also, yeah, defender position themselves in front of the ball and following a heavy, basically following a heavy touch on the player they're trying to defend. They do not contest the ball. I think there's certain things here. This could be, I think, could be the biggest patch to date as far as being important. Also says here they've improved referee logic when making decisions in breakaway tackling. And I think also finally, I know the FIFA analyst has touched on this today. A big thing this year was the the cancellation with shots. Um, so I know FIFA analyst came out of the video today, which basically showed how to get around AI blocks and to essentially use the cancellation button when shooting to cancel a shot and get basically a free shot on target. So that should be cancelled. I mean... Looking at that as a whole, we'll start with you, Mark. I mean, are you are you looking too much into this patch or not? Nah, not at all. <laughs> Just for the type of player I am, you know, I'm not even good enough to... I don't even know what half of this means. <laughs> so, yeah, like I mentioned, I'm just a casual player. Hop on, play the game. Um, so, I, th- I, don't even, I don't even know if I can do a step over, so... Doesn't doesn't make too much of a difference to me. Just wiggle on the uh, analog stick a little bit, and you might. That's all I do. Wiggle it. Sometimes <laughs> he'll do a rainbow flick. Sometimes he'll do some crazy stuff. But that's me as a player. Yeah, Jose. Uh, anything here that you that stands out for you? 
I feel like I'm the in-between here. I'm learning what these things mean, but I'm still, you know, in the process of learning to execute it. Uh, definitely the the step over animation and everything you just mentioned. Um, it, it basically means I don't have to blame EA anymore. They fixed all my problems and now I'm going to finish Elite every week. So I, I'm doing pretty all right. Yeah, and uh, Greg, are you? What are your takes on this patch as a whole? Um, we'll we'll see once it's out. Um, I'm sure people will find another meta to use. Uh, the stepovers, I didn't really use them. Um, I would try and do a stepover, then I'll do reverse stepover. So I wasn't effective enough for me. Uh, I don't know what kind of hit it's going to take on the pros. I know they use it a lot. Uh, last thing I think is the biggest biggest win. I'll just tweet it out. Is uh, we'll no longer see the ball that uh, or the opponents using. So we'll be able to use balls with shadows on them because um, that is one big annoyance having a ball on the pitch and it's not got a shadow on it. I just didn't know if it was in the air or actually on the pitch. Uh, I know a lot of people on, on Twitter right now are um, saying it's a it's a win for the FIFA community. So yeah, actually, so I I think some of the ball that I noticed is that there actually is two balls in the game that are smaller than the other balls. So I don't know if you guys have noticed that. There is actually there's actually there was two ball SPCs that they released um, about a month ago. They were like called like freestyle balls, and uh, they're actually like smaller than a normal ball, um, right. which pretty strange. Hopefully they've kind of got rid of that. Um, but like I said, it it's an interesting patch. I think definitely. One of them, you have to wait and see if it's going to affect too many people. Again, I think for the casual player, I don't think it'll matter too much. I think for me, when I did get to the final stages of Elite and you do play against the better players, they are using the stepovers, the bridge dribbles, the, the shot cancellations. And obviously, if, if you can use those effectively, then it is virtually impossible to defend. So again, there might be a new meta, who knows? Um, but obviously, it remains to be seen. But I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. We are going to, obviously, we do go over the, the guests and where you can find them. We'll start with you, Mark. Uh, I know, Mark, you streamed a little bit, but where can people find you normally? Um, so people can find me over on Twitter. Sorry. People can find me over on Twitter at MarkFootTrader and over on TikTok, which I'm, is my new current thing that I'm dipping into. Um, again, MarkFootTrader's um, username on there as well. Sounds good. And we'll go over to you, Jose. Jose, where, where can people find you? I'm also dipping my toes in TikTok, but Twitch is my baby. I'm on Twitch, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all Jose and chill. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. Sounds good. Jose, when do you stream normally as well? Yes, Wednesday through Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 a.m. UK. Uh, show all my games for champs on stream. And uh, Sunday nights are definitely interesting. Okay, sounds good. And Greg, going to you, where can people find you? Uh, over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Greg Hartley with two Gs. And Greg, what's your streaming schedule currently right now? Uh, we're in transition to moving uh, to the missus', missus place, so it's kind of uh, off and on right now. But this week, it'll be tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, hopefully next week, we'll be back into full swing every day uh, from normally from 10 a.m. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so GMT. I don't know what we're on right right now. Right now, so yeah, mornings. Yeah, mornings. Sounds good. But no, <laughs> guys. Go. <laughs> thanks for coming on, boys. Hopefully, get you back on soon. But no, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm.